Hey y'all, hey, happy Monday and welcome to Such a Lady. I'm your host Siobhan. If you are tuning in for the first time, thanks for stopping by. Um, we definitely appreciate you and we, we've been waiting on you to get here. To all my sales, what's up fam? I miss y'all. Thank you for tuning back in. I love y'all's beautiful faces. Um, this week's Such a Lady is Arabia Raheem Williams. Thank you for being a Sal. Thank you for all your support. And also, thank you for being there from the beginning. Thank you for being the original um, Such a Lady. I definitely appreciate all of you. Um, but each week, we definitely want to shout out a special Such a Lady. So this week is Arabia. Um, I hope everyone had a merry, peaceful Christmas, if that's your thing. If it's not, I totally understand. Um, But if it is, I want to make sure that I let you guys know that I hope that you all had a very, very merry Christmas. Um, And then also this year is almost over. The next time we meet, it will actually be 2023. Can y'all believe that? Oh my goodness. I don't know what to say. I'm excited. And nervous at the same time. I was just thinking that we've had some really toxic ladies this year. And I'm curious to know what was your favorite toxic story. Like, seriously, I would love to know. And I would be happy to share mine. Um, But there are so many to choose from. Like, I thought long and hard. Like, I legit have been thinking about it. I was like, okay, well, which one would be your favorite? Like, if you had to really think about it. And honestly, I don't have a favorite. But if I had a close second, it would be Gucci House. Um, This is my house. Featuring um, Patricia Reginati. And I think it's because I like her name, Patricia. Well, not only that, it's not only just the name that I like. It's not that. I like the story, too. But I really, really like the name. Y'all know me and the names. Um... And it wasn't even just because um, it was a movie because honestly, a lot of our stories about our toxic women have movies about them, but I actually just like that story. So I I don't know. That was mine, but I would love to hear yours because this isn't about me. Um, You can actually respond to me in our community here. Um, I'll post the question and you can answer it. I know Michelle, oh my gosh, she is a real such a lady fan. She always responds to, uh, the questions after each episode. And I know that I can count on her. I love her. She, listen, I love all y'all, but like, just, never mind. Okay. Squirrel. Okay. So, but anyway, like I was saying, I would love to hear what your favorite episode is. I hope you guys stay warm and safe this new year. Um, listen, I said, I wasn't going to tell this girl's business, but I have to, because y'all know me. So because I listen to so many toxic stories and I research them and that's all I really basically do besides make candles. Um, my sister was supposed to go out of town this week. Um, and she was supposed to go with a boo and they go see him and, you know, I'm happy for, you know, whatever. But, um, she's like, on the plane, she sends this picture with her tongue sticking out, like, I'll, I'll see you later, whatever, and then, um, later on that night, got kind of busy, so I text her, I'm like, hey, did you make it to your destination safely, 
And she was like, oh, no, they canceled the flight. And I was like, oh, okay, were you at a home? And she was like, no, I met this couple on the um, at the airport, and we rented a car, and so I'm riding with them. And I was like, what? And she was like, yeah, it was God. Everything fit together. Now, I'm not saying it wasn't God because God didn't have that conversation with me. So that could have been her case. But since he didn't have that conversation with me, I'm over here thinking my sister's in a car with some serial killers. So I'm like, what's their license plate? What's these people's name? Send me a picture. And she's like, I can't. It's dark. Right. It's dark. You don't know these people. I don't know these people. When I call the police, what I'm going to tell them? How I'm going to tell them to start looking for you? I don't know them. So then she comes sending me a picture when she got there. Man, what am I, what am I going to do with this? You couldn't even see nothing. I was like, listen, I apparently am traumatized because apparently that's exactly where my mom went first. But then also, I'm glad she made it. But I've seen so many stories where that wasn't the case. And so, although they were really, really nice people, I'm telling y'all, don't be hopping in a car with nobody y'all don't know. And if you do, just like I told her, if you felt like that was God, all you had to do was text me, text me and say, hey, this is what happened. I'm in the car with, you know, Bob and Catherine and, you know, and I got somewhere to go from there. Share me your location, something like what I'm, I'm over here planning this girl's funeral trying to explain how I'm going to tell my mama what, you know, how things happen, how she, why she not here no more. And she, she out here living her best life. I, boy, I tell you what, people don't care. They do not care that you care about them. They just care about themselves. Girl, I'm just saying. But anyway, <laughs> I'm just playing. I love my sister. But again, she, she had me hotter than fish grease. I'm not going to lie. Why would you do that? But she made it safely and she had a good Christmas and I'll deal with her when she gets back. And it's crazy because I'm the baby sister. I'm supposed to be the one out here doing reckless stuff. Not the other way around. No, it don't make sense. It just don't make sense. But let's get to this week's toxic love story. Um, And this, this toxic love story pulled on my heartstrings. Um, It started with two women who fell in love. We have Jennifer and Sarah Hart. Two women who were both raised in South Dakota. But what's crazy is that you can be in the same state and never know anybody. Never meet them. Um, And that was the case. The two women never met until they went to college. Um, Both Jennifer and Sarah both majored in elementary education with Sarah focusing on special education which is not an easy job. So kudos to all my special education teachers. Um, I have a niece who has cerebral palsy and she's 17 and they just put her on hospice. So um, you guys keep her in your prayers. But um, the thing about that is through her journey, it caused my other niece to become a special education teacher and again it's not easy at all so kudos to you teachers out there kudos to all the teachers because I just totally believe that you guys do a lot of work and you get underpaid I'm just gonna put that out there y'all talk about me if you want to but I think that you all um change the course of children's lives like you actually do 
and then they pay you in crumbs. I mean, if I was the president, I would definitely increase your pay. But, you know, until then, just know I wish that they treated y'all better. Um, but Sarah would go on to graduate. But when it was time to leave, Jennifer left the college as well. So Sarah graduated, but Jennifer didn't graduate. Now, both women were around the same age. So I was kind of surprised Jennifer left with a diploma. But I mean, I was surprised that Jennifer didn't leave with the diploma and Sarah did. Now, I, I definitely understand that whenever you go to school for different things that can cause you to go to school longer than other people. But the girls were the same age. So I didn't know why Sarah left with the diploma with the diploma and then Jennifer left with love. I didn't and it and it, it did concern me because a lot of times whenever someone gives up their dreams for someone else, regardless of the reason, resentment can start to creep in. But I guess in this case, it seemed to bring the two closer because once the two left school, they decided that they wanted to get married. And this was during the time that same-sex marriage wasn't legal in every state. So they had to travel to Connecticut to get married. And then they had to come back to South Dakota. And um, it was a happy time for them. You know, they were married. This was the part they they... They found their soulmate, and so they were ready to live their lives, and they loved each other, but according to Jennifer in South Dakota, when the two came out, it was a huge deal. Um, she stated that they lost friends, they lost job opportunities. They basically, it was horrible for them, um, and they had to leave the state for a better life, so the two packed up their bags, and they moved to Beverly. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. They packed up their bags and they decided that they were going to move to a better place that they felt was going to be a better place. And so they decided they were going to move to Minnesota. Now, when they got to Minnesota, they decided that they were going to be upfront about their life. They were like, this is my wife. This is, you know, my wife. We're together, you know, and I, I understand that because I'm like that. Like, I'm very transparent because you can't use something against me that I've already put out there. Um, You know what I mean? And I kind of think that's maybe what they were doing. Like, you can't use this against me if I tell you first. And that's what they did. They were upfront about their relationship. And it seemed like things were going well for them. Um, while in Minnesota, both Sarah and Jennifer worked odd jobs, but they were living their truth. And that it sounds like that's what they wanted. That's why they left South Dakota because they couldn't live their truth there, but they were also living off the funds they got for fostering six children. 50% of the couple's lifestyle was funded by the children that they adopted. So we have this married same-sex couple who decided to adopt six children. No problem, right? Two women can't have children together, right? Like, I mean, like, honestly, like, they can't literally have intercourse and then have kids that the natural way. They can't. That's just honest. So Jennifer and Sarah tried to have children. Reports show that Sarah was pregnant at one point, even to the point where she was showing 
but then they couldn't find a heartbeat. Now, I will say this. I am very, very thankful and I am very, very, um, I pray for the women who have had to seek out assistance with having children because although I've never had to experience it, I do have friends and family members who have and it can get very expensive when you are trying to have children, especially when it's because you are having fertility issues. It can be very, very costly. It can be very stressful. It can put stress on your relationship, on your body, everything. Um, and I, you can tell because in an email between Jennifer and one of her friends, she confessed that those little sperms are very expensive, especially when they didn't, when they don't work. And so she was talking about, you know, the infertility, I mean, the fertility that they were going through, you know, especially when you're, you know, paying to have the implants and sometimes they take, sometimes they don't, sometimes you get pregnant and sometimes the baby comes and then sometimes in their case, they couldn't find a heartbeat. And so I can't even imagine it had to be hard for these women. Um, and, and they were working odd jobs. They didn't have money like that. I mean, like the jobs they were working at were like, kind of like, um, put you in the mind of Macy's or like department stores, those kind of jobs. And at one point, Sarah became a stay at home mom. So just even doing the research, they didn't have the money like that. Cause even the people who got the money like that don't have the money like that. You know what I mean? Cause it's a, it's, it's, it's a chance you're taking. So they didn't have the money like that. So then you wonder how did this couple, this white couple end up with six children of color? That was my question. And then after researching the couple, I find out that initially they they fostered a 15-year-old child. And now when they got her, they knew that the child was troubled because they were taking her to therapy. They had already set up therapy sessions before she even came, so they knew that she had issues. But then one day, when Sarah and Jen dropped off the young lady at her therapy session, the therapist tells the young lady that Sarah and Jen won't be back to get her. And I'm just thinking like, dang, y'all couldn't have told the girl that before y'all dropped her off that y'all wouldn't like this wasn't a good fit. I mean, I get it, but she was 15, but I don't know. I'm thinking I would rather you tell me than the therapist tell me. I mean, can you imagine the heartbreak that this young lady went through? I mean, is it just me or was she really even hurt? Maybe she didn't like it there. Um, you know, you get what I'm saying? And, and I, and I, after I was doing the research, I found out that it's not uncommon for people who adopt children to decide that that child might not be the, that the child for them. And so it's kind of like they rehome them. There's like a whole Facebook group. There's like a whole community of people who adopt children. And, um, when they adopt them, if, if it's not a good fit for them, they'll tell, you know, other family members, other people, what's going on and what that child's problem is. And if someone else thinks that they might be able to handle that child, then they'll, you know, 
private message them and go through the steps of them taking that child. So I don't know. I mean, I guess it's good that they don't want to keep a child that's not a good fit for them. But then to me, it's kind of like for the children a lot. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, dang, you never know when the rug's going to get pulled from underneath you. You get to this place and then you wonder why the kids are troubled. They're troubled because they don't know. Am I staying here or am I not? Do you like me or don't you? Like, I would be troubled too. I would act a plum fool. They'd be mad at me. I'd be burning everything. Okay. So anyway, after that first um, Netflix trial adoption that went wrong, the couple adopted three siblings from Texas in 2006 two years after they got married. So the one 15-year-old troubled teen didn't work, but y'all decided that y'all gonna adopt three children of color, three siblings. And apparently it worked out good. It did because three years later, the couple would go on to adopt another set of siblings, three to be exact. So that gave us our six. So we were wondering how we got the six. That gave us our six. They adopted the first set of three and then they adopted the next set of three. Um, All children of color. And then the, and then they were children who were from backgrounds that were troubled homes, parents who the children had been taken away from them because they were either on some type of substance or they just were unfit. Um, the second set of children who were adopted actually were in the care of their aunt. And the aunt had to go to work. And she didn't have anybody else to watch the children. So she reached out to the mother. And the mother, of course, wanted to be in the children's lives. And somehow the courts found out. And nothing happened to the children while their mother was watching them. But because the aunt needed someone to help and she didn't have anyone else the children were taken away from the aunt put in the system and that is how they were they ended up with Jen and Sarah now for me I was thinking that that would mean I had to have been in another body and in another mind for me to have six kids because it just couldn't be me and I'm just honest about that like I love children Um, but six would be too much for me and who knows me better than me. So I know this six would be too much for me, but then I also have to remember that Sarah and Jen both went to school for elementary education. So it appeared that these two ladies loved children. They would take these children on road trips, do meditation. The children were seen on social media posts, looking happy and just it, it seemed like they were thriving um it it absolutely did it seemed like they went from being in a situation of neglect and um not having to now they were in a place of love and peace and you know Sarah staying at home taking care of the kids and Jen is working and they meditating and you know this is this is what you would see if you looked on their social media posts but I can't stress this enough such a ladies that people only show you what they want you to see on social media 
Like you not finna, you not finna sit out here and post. Now you didn't adopted these six kids. You not finna sit up here and post that you you not acting right. You not gonna do that. You gonna post what looks good, and that's what Jen posts. She posted a lot of pictures of the family. She expressed her views a lot on you know politics and 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 racism because of course they had the six children of color um while millions thought that this couple had the biggest heart behind the scenes sarah and jen weren't as big-hearted as they wanted everyone to believe and that sucked because this couple had secrets and they were ugly secrets while living in minnesota one of the couple's adoptive children was at school and a teacher witnessed a mark on the little girl on the little girl's left arm so she asked what happened little girl come tell her she got hit with a belt this prompted an investigation of the children but instead of them being questioned or them being taken away sarah and jim pulled them out of homeschool i mean they pulled them out of school and they decide they're going to homeschool them for the next year they decide it's going to be best for them and when people ask why would you do that they're like why do you think i mean we're two lesbians who have six children who are black why do you think we're being harassed well you chose to have those children nobody put a gun to your head you adopted them you knew what the you knew what the price was gonna be like come on now don't don't play games you knew that in this day and age that you were going to be talked about. So don't pretend now that you didn't know what the outcome was going to be. But I'm, I'm saying that because I, I know the out, the ending of this story. Um, the, <laughs> again, nothing happened with that, with the mark. And I mean, maybe it's because, you know, some parents do whoop their kids. I mean, I, I, I do. Uh, I agree. Some children are okay with being talked to. Some children, you cannot talk to them. You need to lay hands on them. You know what I'm, I'm I think each child is different. I say that, you know what I mean? Um, but not child abuse is something totally different. And when you're sending your children to school with, um, belt marks on them, that's child abuse to me. And I felt like they should have looked deeper into that, but they didn't. So Jen and Sarah are at home, homeschooling these kids. A year later, a different daughter said she has owies on her back and stomach, which they are able to verify, which leads to another investigation. But this time during this investigation, all of the children are questioned and all of the children claim abuse. And they didn't hold back at all. They told everything. They said that they were being spanked. They were being beaten. Food was being withheld from them. You name it, they said it. And Sarah stepped up and she said, listen, it was me. I did it. I was the one that mistreated the children. I did. I, I plead guilty. And she pled guilty to assault. And she was sentenced to one year of community service. Apparently the children weren't taken away from her because the story goes on. Now, when friends and family were interviewed, they would state that they witnessed the children having to raise their hands before talking. 
They couldn't wish each other a happy birthday. They kept food from them. One family member even stated that she witnessed Sarah order a pizza and not feed the other children, but they were hungry and they were asking for the pizza. Mm, I don't like it because I know that you have to mind your business and let folks raise their own kids, but... Also, child abuse is never okay. And even if you don't want to say anything, you can always call and report it. Because what makes me mad is that these folks only told these stories after the police came and asked them. Like, I'm just, I'm saying they might have told a friend or they might have told somebody else or talked about it, pillow talk with their spouse. But they never reported it until the police said something to them. So... Sarah and Jen decide that they need to make a new start because apparently Minnesota ain't they after them. You know, it ain't it ain't them. It's Minnesota. It ain't never them. Okay, so they're gonna they're gonna move. They're gonna move to Washington. This is gonna be a new start for them. But only during this move, Sarah and Jen are growing apart. Sarah feels like Jen is leaving her to raise these six kids. Sarah feels like she's doing the majority of the work. You know what I mean? Now, that that can be an issue. You got six kids, and I'm saying, you know, you think about it. One, for me, is a lot, but you got six, and then you're a stay-at-home mom, and then you got the other parent who's going to work, but then she, I'm sure... You got after work with your friends. You got co-workers. Sarah got the kids all the time. And the, and they're always there. But but Jean gets to come and go. So I can, I can see where the resentment would, would start to come in. And then, you know, a lot of times we choose to take the resentment out on our spouses. But some people choose to take it out on the children. Now, while the couple was trying to make things work, the kids were trying to get out. They were trying to get help. One night, one of the children snuck out from the second story bedroom and ran to neighbor's house stating that they were being abused and not being fed. The neighbor, Miss Deborah, she takes the baby back home. I was pissed, y'all. I read that. I was hotter than fish grease. Why you take that baby back home? Why? Now, once back home, they convince the neighbor that the young lady has problems. But then the next day, they go over to the lady's house again and they have pictures. They have this note from the little girl saying that she's sorry. And even Deborah, the neighbor, thought that that note was a little too advanced for, you know, someone of her age. But when she talks to her husband, her husband was like, look, they said that the child was, you know, born addicted to drugs and she's a storyteller and all this stuff. And so he convinced her not to call the police. Also, another thing is that the neighbors who stayed there before, they had been in a huge feud with them over like the border of whose line, who's, which side belonged to who. So the husband was like, look, mind your business and shut up. That's all I'm asking you to do. Just mind your business, shut up. We don't want to make no ways with these people. 
And so Deborah was like, okay, but she calls her dad and she tells her dad, like, look, daddy, this is what's going on. Like, I, I, my, my husband said not to say nothing. I didn't call nobody, but I'm going to tell you. So her dad feels uncomfortable with the situation. And he's like, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. And so her dad calls the police and he's like, listen, my daughter told me this, but I'm not able to sit on this. And so the police called Deborah and they talked to her and Deborah's like, yeah, that happened. And they ask her questions and she's like, I've never seen any children. What do you mean six children? I've never seen any kids come out of that. I didn't even know they had kids. Like they've been there for three months. I didn't know that any children existed until this kid came to my house. And so the police were like, okay, we're going to look into this. And so, um, Deborah felt like, okay, well, you know, I, they're going to get this taken care of. And that's, she left it alone until the next young man comes over to her house. And at this time, when he comes over, he, he, he's not like, okay, please call the police. He's like, can you please just feed us and don't tell all he wanted was food. So the neighbor would give him food whenever he came until the neighbor got to the point where she was like, you know what? I just can't do this. Enough is enough. Like they're not doing anything. I talked to them the first time, but like, this is weighing on me. So she decides I'm going to report Jen and Sarah and the authorities reach out to the couple and they get no answer. They go to the house and they leave a note asking for them to, you know, call back, reach out to them. They never get a call back. They reach back out to them. Never get a call back. So Sarah and Jen decide to take the two kids on a drive. Jen was the one who decided to hop in the driver's seat. And the couple were on the highway and they decide to exit the highway. They pull off to the side of the road and stop. The computer on the vehicle shows that the car goes from a complete stop, stop and then it goes full speed, all gas, no brakes, about 70 miles per hour off the cliff with Sarah, Jen, and all six of the adopted children in the car, killing them all. Um, the police find this truck and, of course, they, 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 they don't know that it's a murder suicide. They don't even think that it's a murder suicide. No, it can't be. Who would do that? That who would do that? Apparently, Jen would do that because when they get to the house and they start putting the the puzzle pieces together, they start reading emails that Jen is over. Sarah, she's like, I can't get a break from her. She never gives me any space. It's like, I can't like, she always wants me to be there. And Sarah's like, well, we got six kids. You need to be here. Like I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have to carry the weight of this by myself. So there was trouble in paradise. And whenever there's a leak in a chain, there's a chance of the chain breaking and it broke. And once it broke, these kids saw that, that, you know, look, there's a chance like we can get out. And while they were dealing with them and their selfish issues, not taking care of these kids, the kids got away. But unfortunately, 
they didn't get away to the point where they were safe. And it just breaks my heart because it's like they tried so many times. Like there were more stories that I could tell you all of where the children reported or, or you know, or tried to get away. But they they are all basically the same thing. They either go back, the police say they're going to investigate, they don't investigate, and then they take them back home. I don't understand why they were never taken away the first time when Sarah pled guilty and she got community service or when, you know, (laughs) when they they found out that they were making the kids raise their, their hands and they weren't feeding them. When the police went to the house after they found the vehicle, they said they couldn't even tell that six children lived there. They said that even if they could, they couldn't tell which room was whose. Nothing was personalized. There was food stocked in the house. So imagine knowing that there's food in the house, but you can't have any. So these kids knew there was food there, but they had to hop out on windows and sneak out and go to neighbor's house and beg for food. Like why even adopt children if you're going to treat them like that? The police come to find out that Jennifer had alcohol in her system and it was over the legal limit. And then Sarah and three of the older children had um, Benadryl in their system. So I don't know if Sarah, I don't know if Sarah was a part of it and she took it or Jen drugged them. Or if Sarah and Jen had decided that they were going to do this murder-suicide together because the police were looking at them. But why take the kids, though? Like, for real, if y'all want to kill yourself because y'all did a horrible job adopting these kids and then y'all didn't do what y'all was supposed to do, okay, fine. Take the truck and y'all go off the cliff. But what was the purpose of taking the kids with y'all? Like, for why? I don't understand. It makes no sense to me. I don't, I don't know. And then also then I'm like, okay, well maybe the neighbors didn't say nothing. Cause then I'd be thinking about if y'all watch fear, fear that neighbor, you know, you gotta be mindful with that too. Cause sometimes if you talk too much, your neighbors be trying to kill you. But then also I'd be thinking when it comes to kids, I'm willing to take that risk. Like, okay, if I could at least save the kid, you know what I mean? It just breaks my, my heart. That's why I'm saying like, it it tugged on my heartstrings because you these two ladies were in love and then they decide they want to adopt these kids. And then in my mind, did y'all ever really even want the kids? Because uh, Sarah says that she wished that someone would have told her that it was okay not to have a big family. Who told you you had to have one? I'd be so glad when we as a society realize that we don't have to do what other people tell us to do. Do what makes you happy. Do what you can afford. If you can't afford six kids, don't go get six kids. If you can't afford a Lexus, don't go get a Lexus. And don't name your daughter Lexus either. Like, don't do it. Listen, I'm not saying don't have goals, dreams, and aspirations. I'm just saying don't front for folks that ain't thinking twice about you. Don't try to keep up with the Joneses when the Joneses can't keep up with the Joneses. Half these folks, y'all, not y'all, half these folks, y'all, the folks that be trying to impress, they, y'all trying to impress folks that don't even got the stuff y'all think that they got. So you trying to impress somebody with stuff that you ain't got 
for folks that ain't got the stuff you think they got. It just to make it make sense. The math ain't mathing and I don't like it. Just be you. And the people who love you will love you. And the people who don't can kiss your grits. Look, you found your tribe here. We love you just the way you are. We don't want you to be nobody but yourself. Your crazy loving self. Y'all love me and I'm crazy. I be going off on tangents. I be skipping from stories telling y'all all my business. But y'all keep coming back. And y'all say y'all love me. And I'm going to keep being me. So that's what I'm saying. Like, you, you get what I'm saying? Just be yourself. Don't pretend to be somebody you're not. Because then when you pretend to be somebody you're not, then what happened? You end up having to cover up the lies that you started. And and then here here we are, this family. That now all of them's gone because what y'all pretending to be something y'all not with these kids that didn't have a choice. They were born into families that didn't protect them only to be adopted by parents who still didn't protect them. Like so many people felt these babies and I'm so sorry for y'all. Oh, I'm so sorry for y'all babies. I am. My prayers are with y'all. My prayers are with y'all's family members. Oh my goodness. This was a sad story, y'all. But all of our stories are sad. It's just the kids, they just they just hurt a little little more to me. But here we are. If you are looking for your toxic clue or your your sign to get out, this is it. Like go. Like y'all listen to the stories, y'all know that there's more for y'all. Like for like for me, for example, Life didn't get better for me until I decided that I didn't want to be in a toxic relation, a toxic relationship anymore. I wanted more for myself, but I knew that I couldn't have it if I kept choosing the same type of men over and over again. If I kept choosing toxic, I had to choose me. And so today I'm asking, I'm begging you to choose you. Walk away from that relationship that's causing you so much hurt and pain and choose you. And see how life begins to change for you. If you need any help, you're more than welcome to reach out to me or reach out to the National Domestic Hotline. You can always um, you can always send a message to me. It's never an issue. But of course, you know, you might not want me to know all your business. And I can definitely understand that. I get that. But if that's the case and you need help from someone then you can definitely reach out to the professionals who know. And um, you can always reach them at 1-800-277-SAFE. That's 1-800-277-SAFE. Um, I hope to meet you guys here again next week, same time, same place. And you guys be safe this New Year's. Have fun, but be safe. Remember that I love you and I want you to be great on purpose, but you got to stay alive to be great. So don't be out there taking no rides with strangers. Y'all don't know like my crazy sister and don't be doing nothing. that's going to make y'all not be able to meet me here next Monday. I love y'all and don't forget to be great on purpose. Thanks for tuning in.